Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. There is a saying that you don't stop playing when you grow old, but rather you grow old when you stop playing. Iconic Life is an adventure-driven company that seeks to embrace life to the fullest and to never stop playing. Check out their natural hemp CBD products that help those that believe in that philosophy. Check out Iconic.com. Spelled I-K-A-N-I-K. Again, Iconic.com. Or on their Instagram at Iconic Life. Bonsai balls! They only use real Asahi, not like all those other imitators using sorbet full of sugar. Yuck! They also get their honey from a and bee pollen from a bee farm. Healthy and delicious. No processed honey. What also makes them amazing is that they roast and make their own peanut butter. Damn! They've got seven locations and download the Bonsai Bowl app to skip the line. Skip the line. Order ahead. Bonsai Bowl. Healthy, delicious. Ashland. Hard seltzer. Crafted in San Diego. It's an adult beverage built for all walks of life. Bro, you've had it. I've had it. It's delicious. It is so good. It's refreshing. Only 100 calories. All organic. No sugar. Also gluten-free with 0.0 carbs. Hashtag enjoy cold Ashland hard seltzer. Also supported by Octopus, the massive corporate juggernaut. Octopus, making stuff for people who actually surf. Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Shade Sunscreen. The best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade Sunscreen. It's been around since the sun. Shade Shade. Sunscreen. (laughs) Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Hey, our guests this week are a power couple with decades of experience in our industry. Holy. Some of their titles, but not limited to. VPSL, swim designer, sales director, senior design director, creative director. Damn, that's a lot of directing. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just Mandy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Over the years, they've made huge Kirk's just a good looking, goofy Shut player. up on top. Okay, sorry. <laughs> they've made huge contributions to brands like Quicksilver, Billabong, Volcom, and Fawn Zipper. DVS. DVS. And they've Lakai. taken all their knowledge and co-founding Amuse Society over here, Z Supply. Holy smokes. We can't wait to hear all of this. Uh, we're stoked that you guys are here. Um, and this 
uh, I guess I could say Team Fry. Yeah, Team the, Fry. Cutest, you know? the cutest power but, couple in the yeah. industry. But, but oh, shucks. Kurt and Dan. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, thanks to Manny, though. Yeah, yeah. We, we appreciate you guys coming. On yeah, the show. thanks thank for having us. Yeah, this thank is you. Kurt. So fun Big to see you Big C. Big C. Okay, let me put that in the notes. I don't Big have a nickname. C. I need Kurt. One. Big C. Mama. <laughs> Big. You don't do it right now, bro. Oh, I'm putting it in the notes right now. <laughs> so, wow, this is incredible. Um, we're here at Kelly Slater's Wave Pool yep. in yep. beautiful Lemoore, California. So yep. cool to um, see you guys here. Yeah, this is awesome, right? Yep. All right. And it's only 106 today. So. It's only 106. <laughs> Luckily, we're all out of here today. Well, I'm out of here. We're out of here today. Hey, we're in the water. We're, yeah. we're fine. Yeah. We're in AC cool. now, which is kind of nice. So let's start with the ladies first. Yep. Mandy. You're not an avid surfer, right? But you've partaken in surfing. Um, when we go to Tavarua in Hawaii and Costa Rica, <laughs> I'm in there. When was the first I prefer time? Prefer warm water. When was the first time that you you got into found the love of surfing or found surfing? Um, well, I, I did it a few times before I met Kurt, but it wasn't until I met him that I realized this was going to be my life if yeah. I was going to stick with him. So I better figure it out pretty quick because uh, there's no uh, vacations in the middle of the Midwest. Hell <laughs> no. Yeah. I think, I think that's... Only on the ocean. So, yeah. yeah. Well, with wave pools popping up all over the world. Oh, so. yeah. Now we can go anywhere. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a, every spouse is like, if the surfer, if there's one surfing, if you're only going to the coast or somewhere tropical or... Yeah. Which I love. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I love. And uh, it's become a big part of our life and now a big part of our family. So, it's a pretty rad way of spending yeah. your time. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's a beautiful healthy thing to do yeah so okay big c you have a very illustrious <laughs> career in our industry you're one of the pine well kind of one of the pioneers in retail too because yeah. you, you know you had an early stint at ccs mail order correct right? correct but let's AKA, start at the beginning aka golden child northern California. <laughs> <laughs> i haven't heard that one but i do like that one. yeah well, golden child <laughs> california <laughs> kelly dropping gold over yeah. there so tell us where you well grew growing up in central california you know in san luis Obispo, morro bay kind of tascadero that zone um started working at ccs back in the early 80s and yeah. but what about surfing how did you get into surfing um, kind of just actually mostly in the Central Coast area of hanging out with guys, the likes of like the, the early guys like Dave Parmenter, yes. Craig Coleman, Big B, Chris Burke, and yeah. just got, had a good crew in the early and 80s. And those guys are all from Central Cal? They're all from Cayucas, mm -hmm. yeah. And Dave was originally from, from, uh, from Newport, but yeah. pretty much spearheaded it. It was cool to have someone that was in the top 10 of the... What was it? By tour ASP. ASP. ISP, ASP. ISP. What was it back yeah. then? Yeah. I knew it was early days. So he was, to have a guy from a small little town, if you remember back in the early 80s, hardly anyone in the area that, you know, it just brought everyone up with him. And yeah. so we had a good crew of guys where Chris was on the NSSA team. I did a little stint on the PSA tour. It just, you know, just everyone was doing contests and driving around and kind of pushing each other. So yeah. it was a good kind of run through the 80s which is really good how, how old were you when you first started surfing or did you boogie board first skateboard like I never did the boogie <laughs> so, I just did uh, just skateboarded in the early days when I was in San Diego um, Spring Valley Skate Park was kind of my go-to skate park back yeah. in the early days yeah. of the probably late 70s and then we moved to up to Atascadero or, or Morro Bay okay. and then so you and I started, started surfing I grew up 
Well, we started in Morro Bay, parents got divorced, I went to San Diego, then we, we came back, okay. my mom moved back, and that's when I really started surfing, probably about 16 years old. Oh, wow, surfing. late start. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Yeah, late start. And the, skateboarding. Sur- and the surf scene wasn't that blown up yet. Up no, Central was, Coast, but San Diego and yeah. everywhere you've seen. Like, it was, it was kind of cool because I started on the single fin. Yeah. Went to the Mark Richards. All right, I'm going to the, to the twin fin. Then I went to the thruster. So it was kind of cool to go through that era mm-hmm. it, with someone like a Dave Parmer who was like riding, he was riding the Lance Collins twin fins when yeah. I first met him. And I was riding, I think an Infinity 6.8 single fin. And then it went to like, I started getting twin fans and then we saw Simon Anderson and then it was, you know, just kind of that whole progression right. of the early 80s. I want to do what he's doing. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so Chris Burke, Craig Komen, and Parmenter came onto the Central Coast scene yeah. right when you moved back then. Yeah, they were kind of, Parmenter moved up from Newport and then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, he started getting everyone under the, the young kids and that was, you know, the whole kind of punk rock scene started happening yeah. in the early 80s, you yeah. know, and then so that was kind of, our crew was kind of moving that direction where you still had the, the older guys with the black wetsuits and the pintails and the beards and the, you know, Grateful Dead guys. So yeah. it was kind of a, you know, that whole era, I think it happened all over California. Yeah, yeah. literally the, the little punks were in punk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was kind of a cool era to grow up in and then around someone like that, you know, to, to push everybody was really cool. So yeah. then... Your first job in the industry was was working at uh, Central Coast Surfboards. Actually, I, I surfed for Mike Hisher, Hisher at Wavelengths when I was going to uh, to uh, just out of high school, and then I, I switched over to, to CCS and started working there, which was uh, super fun. So uh, Hisher was your first sponsor. Mike Hisher was my first sponsor. My, uh, Team Wavelengths. Team Wavelengths. Nice. I had nice. sweats that I didn't set Team Wavelengths right on. <laughs> now you know we talk about like how cool it is to get sponsored and like the thrill and, and how you get like really stoked and proud to be it's, yeah to put a sticker on your board right? you got some cloud and some status yeah you know? like because you go back to school you know after you know being put on a team and you're like you're you're walking on well you wear your team sweatshirt and yeah and everyone's all, ooh, you're walking on clouds like <laughs> yeah. bro you're, you're on wavelengths yeah. What? It was cool because Hisher is such an iconic person in the industry, yeah. you know, and such yeah. a good guy. It was awesome. And then even with the, 
even CCS with Mike Cheney and Jim Hall, super nice guys. Yeah. Still so, friends today. Yeah, still yeah. friends with everyone today, which is yeah. cool. And, and working the floor as a Grom? Working the floor, I became the surf team manager and then the board buyer at CCS. Cool. Wow. So um, we were kind of doing that thing. And then my friend Steve Beck and, and the guys just started the CCS mail order. And I remember they had the first phone was in the closet at the, <laughs> at the surf shop downtown San Luis Obispo. And I answered the first the phone and they were like, dude, we, they put out this email thing there, this uh, mail. The mail order in the, in the uh, Thrasher or some of those mags. And, the, we're all waiting to get anyone calling us on this. All of a sudden, the, Damn, the phone rings. Like the phone rings, and I run in there, answer the folks, first phone call. CCS Miller, how can I help you? And it was like, all of a sudden, we had this little shelf in the closet, and the orders just started stacking and stacking. So and we couldn't get them out. They were hitting the ceiling, and we're like, we better get a warehouse. You know. So was who crazy. was it that came up with the idea to do mail order? I think it was Steve Beck. It was his senior project okay. or his uh, senior project at Cal Poly. That's so crazy. And then Jim Hall and those guys just. Just no way. Yeah. They what? And then he was our and then efficient. He was our minister in yeah. our wedding too. That's crazy. Yeah. Were, were they circle? Yeah. yeah. Were they buying for the mail or are you just pulling stuff off the shelf? Well, at first it started more of a, of a. We were just pulling because we had we had a big skate business then too. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, out of the shop, so yeah. it was pulling. But then pretty soon we just realized they yeah. they realized it was just, just getting out of hand because you know, truth be told, Val Surf kind of started the mail order thing back in the day. Yeah, surf, absolutely. Right? I think when, I got my first trunks from Valsurf. Right? Mail when order, you look yeah. at, remember the, <laughs> the back pages of the Surfer magazine and surfing, yeah. they had the, the, the funny like yeah. pictures of all the t-shirts that they made. And then I remember started seeing CCS stuff and we're like, whoa, what's that? Right? Yeah. And for those people that don't know, CCS became like one of the biggest Businesses yeah. that that turned into e-com mm -hmm. business. Yeah, yeah. Mail order quickly turned into well, not changed, quickly, but yeah. turned into. It was bought for like millions and millions yeah. of dollars yeah. by somebody in New York. Yeah. Right, and then sold to somebody in Portland. Yeah, and but, I think to this day, I know when they bought it, it was I think they had five million kids under boys under 18 on a mailing list that is so which phenomenal. was why people wanted to buy it because everyone had mailing lists at that time yeah. but it was for girls or yeah. it was, no one had this the, yeah. these contacts and that was the big thing that how long so how long were you at ccs for um well then i started going to cal poly so i was working from 85 to probably 89 got out of cal poly then and, and what uh, was stayed your local. major yeah i stayed local huh what was your major uh, business marketing. Mm, look at the big brain on big, big C here. <laughs> I went in under civil engineering and then it switched to business marketing. Civil engineering? I, you know, like, I, like, I, I, calculus is, I mean, I'm sure there's calculus in business <laughs> too, but not like engineering. Yeah, no, it was, I, I got through the math and stuff, but it was just, a, it's a big, it was a big commitment and I thought, you know, business marketing is more down my alley. Yeah. That's what I did, you, did you always envision like continue on in the surf industry or you know like I did because at that time you know you start building a relationship with all the reps coming in yeah um, and you're kind of like wow this would be something really cool I could do this you know but let me finish up college and I'll figure this out yeah and, uh, so I finished up college I moved down to uh, to uh, to San Diego for like six months and then I, I got a call from my friend Chris Burke and and Bruce Beach who were living in San Clemente and they're all dude you don't want to work down there come up here so that I moved up there I moved in with Bruce Beach 
and wow. Chris Burke in the apartment. Right Sounds like trouble to me. What do you think? Uh, cool. <laughs> yeah. And Chris trouble. Burke was working at OP, and me and Bruce were parking cars trying to figure it all out. Valet, huh? Valet, and up in Laguna. So <laughs> can I backtrack one second? Yeah. Like the importance of like what CCS. I mean, that first phone call, and then you said the paper, the mail Orders. order started stacking up. Yep. Like, you know, CCS was a still it kind of still is a main surf shop in yeah in, in slow correct right? it's been sold by the owners a few times and but, someone else owns it but yeah it's a, it's how, a, it's a, how it's, crazy is it though to see the trajectory of the business once that aspect of mail order came it out? was crazy i mean all of a sudden it, you know to a surf shop with 12 employees and we're all surfers and stuff to all of a sudden warehouses with yeah. 30 yeah. to 40 people buyers and and people and the, mike adamski one of the main guys at that ran ccs told me that they were. He thinks they were instrumental in launching a lot of companies because he, oh, t- he told absolutely. me something that a couple of shoe companies came to him and said, "You want to buy how many shoes? We're just starting. We can't do that." They said, "Let us give you the money yeah. to go get the shoes and start your business." And some of the major shoe companies out there right now started with CCS purchase yeah. orders. You know? did, did they? <laughs> they so need. Cool. They needed newness, and they yeah. wanted to have you know, yeah. be first of the we bunch, which of ultimately helped. Yeah. yeah, which I think, so which cool. I think Mike Adamski was really Smart keen on that. Now. That he said, "Look." Oh, I don't want to go with establishment. I, I want to help all the all the, the authentic guys that are in yeah, it. Okay, stuff, you know? the, the catalog. Yep. Was that launched out of San Luis Obispo? Yeah. Yeah. So the mini little catalog yeah. that everyone had to have. Yeah. And uh, for Christmas, yeah. kids would bring them into the stores and go, "I want this." Yeah. And then, right. Yeah. And then they, they had really clean ads. If you ever remember seeing them, everything laid out and really yeah. clean. And then they caught on. They're like, "Shoot, we don't want anyone else to kind of." jump in the space. So they actually created CCS, California Cheapskates. They created five other companies and put them all in the ad. So it looked like, oh wow, there's so many people in this thing. I don't want to do it. <laughs> they were actually really smart because they went yeah. California surf styles or California. Yeah. You know, well, there's too much competition and yeah. too much going on. It's almost like just taking so their domain name. Yeah. Right? So a lot of collaboration and minds there that, that really kind of, you know, made a lot of right decisions there, I think. Yeah. Which was good. Revolutionary idea that they took to the next level. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so you, you moved down south. You started you parking cars. Parking cars. Then um, Chris You already Burke, graduated from college? Graduated from college. Moved down south. Then, Magna cum laude. <laughs> not quite. <laughs> but anyway, so then um, Chris Burke came home from OP one day and, and said, hey, this guy Greg Arnett called me and wants to start a sunglass company. You know, I'm gonna think we're gonna start our next sunglasses. This is early '90s. Yeah. You, like you go in any surf shop, there was the category wasn't really there. No. Golay, Varday, for sure. And Oakley, maybe some Ray. Yeah, and even Oakley at that time didn't even have a two lens frame. Everything was the blade, the blade, yeah. and then the razor blade. Yeah. And then, so I said, well, you know what? I'm gonna get back up north. I'm, why don't I go up and, and rep it? And then that, that was the whole launch of Arnett. When I started repping, I moved, that what got me back into Northern California. I moved back up to San Luis Obispo. Started with Mammoth and Tahoe with Arnett. And then, um, and then just started repping from there. And then, you know, Bruce Beach went on to run Arnett and Chris Burke, you know, a great marketing story, Arnett in the very beginning, you know, was amazing. I mean, yeah. run through the nineties with Arnett was just, yeah. just crazy until they sold it in 99 to Bausch and Lomb and then yeah. Bausch and Lomb sold it looks out of it, you know. So it's crazy. crazy. Uh, I, we, we talked, who told us that, uh, Greg Arnett surfed GT, I think, right? GT or Pat, I don't know. One of those guys. Yeah. And I didn't know he surfed and yeah. then I didn't know he had a surf shop. 
Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. I was like, what? He was a surfer and on the surf shop? Yeah, I think it was GT. And he, he was a designer at Oakley for a long time, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. He, he, I think he started at Honda, designing at Honda, and then went, because when he went to Oakley, he was doing the grips. And then yeah. he was doing doing other stuff. And then they wanted he wanted to do sunglasses, so he pieced out of there. And him and uh, Jim Gennard, is it, is it always yeah. had a little conflict, you know, going on. But Arnett was a great story, and it was a great Dude, run. And the marketing huge. that Chris Burke put behind it. And, yeah. And we had a great sales force. Everyone that was on that sales force to this I day mean, was just... GT, Big C? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which means Kidding GT me? had a great run at Von Zipper as well when I moved down into down in a back down in 2007 to run BZ. Yeah. So, yeah. so you packed your bags, went back up north. Went up north. and that's Pioneered the pioneered sunglass. The sunglass thing got that going. And then brands like DVS came along. Lakai. I did, got into the whole snowboard industry early on. So I was doing... Lamar Oops. snowboards, and then I went to ride snowboards, and then ended up doing uh, forum at the end. You know, just uh, C three with um, Gumby and all those guys. Yeah, so it was great, you know, great crew. Yeah, yeah. I you've mean, you've had some categories that uh, diverse, right? Like, yeah. So yeah. when you when you were doing Arnett, there wasn't really a sunglass business yet. Yeah, that must have been sketchy to like pioneer, you know, a category, let alone a new brand that wasn't, you know, wasn't. I didn't have space. I mean, there was probably right. endless yeah. opportunity. No one, no one, and no my only territory when I got it was Mammoth and Tahoe. So that's the only yeah. territory I had. I lived in, I lived in San Francisco. <laughs> You're like, I'm gonna move up north a little cheaper up there. And why why be, just Mammoth and Tahoe? Because there had. was another rep, um, 106, an epic um, Mark Lorbach, epic person. He had that territory, but he was slowly moving. He was getting older, slowly moving in-house to do the international aspect. So they said, just start here, and if it works out, keep going. But I saw all the all the people that was such a creative crew that I'm like this yeah. thing's going somewhere and I want to get into it. So when you're young and hungry, you just yeah. go, hey, I'm all right. I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. Do whatever yeah. it takes. Yeah, drive up there and start. And then that's when you know you meet Steve Clausen. You meet people, you know, that <clears throat> showed up. You know, sitting on the floor with Steve Clausen when he had that teeny little shop, and you know, yeah. And then just killer. And all of a sudden, to this day, you know, we still go, go up there and all the snowboard. And then you yeah. mentioned some snow brands, and I mean at that time in the industry snowboarding was just you know Blooming. going nuts yeah you know obviously the eyewear took off and went nuts and yeah the gobbles know, yeah here you are like now you're juggling a bunch of you know bunch of brands, brands a bunch of categories yeah yeah and, and a really good territory for both those if you're covering mammoth and tahoe like that's yeah. where the money's at yeah it was the killer. big dealers are at you always have this ability to see brands and their potential before they even really got up. Well, if you think about it, don't give them that much credit. Yeah, you guys, I started repping before they were cell phones. Think about that. Think about starting (laughs) repping before their cell phones. I would go from shop to shop and I would- Or GPS. Yeah, I would have Thomas guy. Yeah, I had the Thomas guy, dude, driving through Stockton. (laughs) <laughs> you know, Sacramento, Fresno, who knows? I'd have to go through the nose. I don't want to go there. The Fresno's, you know, all yeah. those. But, you know, awesome time. But it was like, I'd pull over and call my orders in on the 800 number to Arnett. Yeah. But, all right, I'll do the next shop. Tri- Triple Flash Flashback to this, right? Yeah. So, so you're you're the Arnett rep. You're going to sell sunglasses to skate shops and surf shops. And yeah. you walk in, you go, hey, um, you know, Big C, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell you these sunglasses. And you look around, and you're like, sunglasses that the buyer's like we're a surf shop we're not selling sunglasses right yeah i think the reason everyone said yes is it's it's not a big dollar outlay yeah. you can preach that you know per square footage it's the highest dollar in the square footage in the store plus you have 
Chris Burke, who's got Machado. He's got Andy and Bruce Irons. We got all these kids that are just, you know, and the marketing was so out there. They're like, hey, something's going on here, yeah. you know. And, and to these guys, those guys are product movers. So, yeah. Did they have sunglass cases right off the bat? Like, hey, you're coming in, like, you know, as a footprint, or how how was it merged yeah, back then? We did yeah. have sunglasses, and it took a little minute because we had a few styles, and and when they came out with the catfish, that's when things blew up. And I remember. Yeah. You know, going back to this, I'd, come, I'd go on the road and I'd load up my fax machine with the roll paper. <laughs> and, and I'd go, all right, cool. And I'd go in and I'd be, all right, you need two black, two green, two I'd go down my order form. Pretty soon they're like, dude, every shop owner's go, no, I need 12 of every color. Dude, nice. like, what? Is that? I'm like, really? All right. So that's, I'd get home and I'd go, where's all the fax paper? And I'd look behind my desk and it was on the floor. And I'd go, uh oh, I think this thing's starting to cook, you know? And it so just took cool. off, dude, yeah. a huge territory. Uh, so then, and then you started talking about, all the other brands you started representing, yeah. right? And the next, like, big wave of a new category was footwear. Footwear, right? yeah. And you were at the pretty much the ground floor of when DVS. Yeah, launched, I right? hooked up with with uh, those guys at DVS, and I thought they had a great product. And How, who did you search, search them out, or did they search you out, or you know what? I think they searched me out through some other reps. They were looking for someone in NorCal, and they just all of a sudden I got a got a call from Kevin, yeah. you know, and he's all, "Hey, do you want to do this?" And I said, "Yeah, let's do it." You know, come down, drink some beers, let's talk <laughs> yeah. about business. You know those guys. <laughs> <laughs> I worked for you there. You were a sales manager for a long time. Yeah, and it, you know it was just rolling. And, and yeah, if you, you know, could if you could hang with us and drink. <laughs> beer and, and, and be able to, oh, yeah. man. It was a great company to work for. They oh. had that go for it attitude. Yeah. And it, it was just, it was just game on with them, which was, it was yeah. refreshing. You know, they gave us, you know, free samples at first, whatever it took. They were, yeah. they were like, whatever it takes, we're going to make it happen. Yeah. So that was cool. Our smart, industry smart. was so young and, you know, and strong. And like, yeah. It was crazy because DDS. Like our net was probably number one at some point in time yeah. in the eyeglass game, mm-hmm. and DVS was number one in Absolutely. the shoe game for the whole time I was there. It was number one pretty much. Yeah, and like for you to to see these number ones and and be part of these number one brands, that's kind of crazy, right? Yeah. Like, and then how many people get that the same chance? Same ones in snowboard, and I had the North Wave and Drake program boot and binding, and then. And then um, I had Lamar snowboards, which kind of took off. Then I switched to ride, and the ride went off. You know, so all of a sudden you're juggling. I'm hiring sub reps and more managing a bunch of people. The the economy's on fire. The business yeah. is on fire, and it was it was it was a fun time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think the knack you have is just obviously relationships and like knowing who's behind the brand. You know, yeah, like don't, yeah. don't, it's really like what you you need to like envision what they're doing you know because you know the product has to be good regardless yeah. you know to be able to like execute and sell at, at retail but it's like okay what who's behind it are these, yeah these guys not just the smarts but the creative and the marketing and yeah. what team and you know if you could see that getting like, it placed yeah. is hard but that's the easy part yeah. Right. And if you have the right guy like Big C, you can get a place. Right. <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm being serious. Like guys like us, we get things placed. But yeah. like you said, yeah. you know, the, it's vision, got the marketing. And as a rep, you, the only thing you have is your word at the end of the day. Yeah. So you have you have a relationship with retailers. And yeah. I think I had a good relationship with all the For retailers sure. that they knew, no matter what, I'm going to take care of them. If it doesn't work or something's not working out, I'm yeah. helping them out. And I think that's where. 
yeah. where as a rep, you really have to be a man in your word and be like, take care of your retail. Yeah. That's where the real Follow relationship is. is. Yeah. yeah. You don't know what brand you're going to be working for next year or in yeah. five years or, or whatever, you yeah. know, and it's all about, you know, being as we tell the, the owners or the buyers, like we're on the same team, you know, if I ship you a bunch of crap and it doesn't sell, then that does neither of us any good, you know? Yeah, you don't want to walk away from them. You know, like, all right, let's figure this like, out. Let's, you know? let's, let's work and put the best, you know. We, we've had a couple of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a couple, I mean, I had a line one time with Arnett because I knew it was going so good, I'd go in the shop, I could look. If this doesn't, if you're not happy in 30 days, here's a check, here's a blank check. I'll just buy it back from you. Yeah. I'll buy it all yeah. back, you know. So it was like, all right, well, if you're gonna stand behind it like that, I'll do it. And yeah, I never had to write a check, you know. So it worked out pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just remember uh, walking into, uh, gosh, the bikini store in Sacramento. Uh, Surf and skate. Surf and skate. Bob, big Bob Mitchell. Yeah, and I remember walking in and going, holy shit! Like, we're all sold out of everything. But he wasn't with shoes. With shoes. With shoes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And I was like, "Whoa! All they have is you know size six or five, and nothing in between to thirteen. Yeah. But what good about DBS? DBS had like Keith Huffnagel, key people. Like, yeah, I could sell the Bills wheels and like FTC Kent in, in yeah. San Francisco, and those guys were totally in. Yeah. And then when you guys launched Lakai, it even legitimized even further. So, not even to like a bit more of the mainstream stores. All the core accounts carried yeah. it. And which legitimized that's which made it so big and cooking yeah. at the time is that it was you had the legitimate riders and you had the marketing and yeah. you had the product and it was it was all banging at one time. So, so you've worked for a bunch of good brands that threw a bunch of good parties, <laughs> yeah, threw a bunch of good, <laughs> good, 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 good uh, uh, sales meetings, right? Very blessed. I had a good run on a lot of brands. So which one sticks? Which which sales meeting sticks out? There's. Which one? Go. I'll go. The, probably the one that, that, that sticks out the most was Arnett sales meetings were off the handle. We had some great podium ones as well, but I remember we had one, maybe our third or fourth sales because Arnett didn't do, ever do a trade show booth, if you knew this. They never really? they never did a trade show booth. So it was always big sales meetings, good support the rep force, support the retailer. We don't do trade shows. So that was a whole new theory, wow. new new formula that. at that time. I yeah. But I remember, you know, remember in Cabo, the Hacienda Hotel, which is on the kind of Pacific side, but on the peninsula right at the end. Kind of burgundy at the end of the harbor. Yeah. Like up on the hill. Up on the hill. So yeah. we have a salesman at the Hacienda, you know, so, or whatever it was called back then. And I just remember you got 40 or 50 guys, you know, first we're, we're kind of having beers on the plane down there. And then they put us in line to check in and they're giving everyone free margaritas, you know. I just remember Greg Garnett going, all right, guys, just go to your rooms. Open all I remember people going in their rooms, and it was a big, you know, like 10-story one, and everyone had rooms facing the pool. Everyone just went in, picked up their furniture on the patio, and was throwing it out. Everyone's kicked out. Oh, kicked out of here. And then, Greg, and I remember Greg Garnett getting mad at everyone. Then he went and got a bunch of water balloons, hid in his room, and it was thrown them at everyone the whole rest of the sales meeting. And everyone was like, in Mexico, who's throwing it. water balloons at everybody? And he, he'd come out all like he wasn't doing anything, and I knew he was throwing the water balloons. Oh my God. That's <laughs> hilarious. All right, well, well all right. let's take a break. Enough with me, enough with me. Switch focus. Yeah. Switch focus. The beautiful Mandy Fry. Woo! So, <laughs> yeah. My better half. My much yeah. better half. Yeah. So, <laughs> tell us about your. your upbringing and first job in the industry and did you go to college yeah i um i actually 
lived in Kentucky for four years when I was going to high school. My family moved all over because my dad was with IBM. Wow. And I was obsessed with reading fashion magazines and this little pamphlet was stuck in there that said FIDMLA. Didn't have any clue what it was, how I was gonna get there, but it was like, I'm gonna go to design school and didn't know much about it except I thought in, at that time I wanted to be a merchandiser for a retail store. That's about as far as my mind could expand. Mm -hmm. At that moment, especially pre-internet and research, so I couldn't do very well and um, so anyways got myself out to California by myself drove cross-country kidding me how old if you're eight if you're a parent and you have a child and imagine that 18 years old your child looks at you and says I'm leaving for California please don't say no and I literally they they gave me the thumbs up and I left at 3 a.m. that morning said goodbye in the driveway did you prep drove. them like we talked like about it for a while and they just didn't understand, you know, they're, I mean, amazing parents and so supportive, but they just were like, whoa, I don't even, I don't even understand how you're yeah. going to make this happen. And they said, we'll talk to you every day for the rest of time, but we will not, you know, fund you. We won't support you and you're on your own. Wow. So I did it. I moved, I moved cross country, got to California, um, got myself into FIDM and uh, right after school. How did you get the funding? Yeah, were you working? Oh my god, I I I had school bills until I was thirty one, and, <laughs> and so you took a a, lo a took school a loan? school loan out any way I could, all on my own. I worked three jobs through school. I worked at South I Coast love Plaza. This girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I worked what, at Laguna Playhouse. I worked at um, South Coast Plaza at the Banana Republic. <laughs> and you my, got your merchandising job. Yeah, <laughs> and then when I they didn't need me, I worked at the Coach Store, and then um, look, look at her. Foo-fooness over here. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know what Coach was back then. It just was a store that was hiring. And I'm like, these are cute bags. So Banana Republic, Coach. Yeah, and at the time, Banana Republic was huge. And the CEO of Wet Seal was my my best client. And um, I was getting commission. And she would come in and buy samples for Wet Seal. And she would, she'd buy 10, 12 grand at a time. Just so wait, slap them on the counter. So this that, lady that was the CEO of Wet Seal would yep. shop at Banana Republic. For inspo. Yeah. Awesome. So she was a big help in uh, getting me through school because <laughs> she would because you got commission. I got commission. Yeah. And you like realized hey, this is a hey, little mini. We got a new drop coming in. <laughs> yeah. You know, come come yeah. before. Yeah. And honestly, I haven't really thought about this, but she was my first um, understanding of what it meant to shop for inspiration and be a design. I mean, it's kind of a, a unusual way of learning about that, but it was real and yeah. it was real money and it was and what seal at the time was super successful so yeah, what she huge. was doing was working yeah um, it's kind of like the first entry into fast fashion that none of us knew at the time was happening um, yeah so it's I crazy to think that fast fashions always kind of existed yeah yep in its own way yeah yeah so I got myself through school and um, I needed a job bad I needed a full-time job so I could stop working three jobs so I so went, wait FDIM is where? FIDM. FIDM. Uh -huh. Orange County in LA. So I went to both um, campuses. Campuses. Yep. And lived in Orange County um, with a guy. A guy I was dating. His mom. I lived with his mom and just. I just made it meet and made it work. Made it, made it work. Yeah. Yeah. With hardly a dime to my name. And then um, I went to the school and said, I really need a full time job. This is killing me. I, you know, I, I, and she's like, well, after you graduate, you can come back and see me. And I said, no, I need it right now. She took a phone call back when we had phones on the wall. She stepped, so she stepped away from her desk. I peeked over and it said, OP assistant designer. And I was like, hell yeah, that is me right there. I don't even know what OP is totally, but I'm going for it. So I, 
I went home and called 411 and uh, got the phone Which number. Which is information. Yeah, by the way, for yeah. those who don't know, yeah. that's how you used yeah. to get phone numbers. Wow. Yeah. That was a quick route. The other one was going through the, the, the <laughs> yellow pages. Yellow or, or yeah. white pages and trying to 411 in 20 years. That's and, a I, and I think they charged you. So that was a big deal, like dial 411. Because there was charged. a fee to that, like yeah. two bucks or something. But... Um, yeah, I, I called him up and I said I, I would like to interview and they I actually so, got an interview. So, go back a second. Yeah. Who, who was the lady you were talking to? This lady at FIDM. Okay. And, uh, in the, she in the, had Mark placement department, so okay. she had people calling her from companies looking God. for people. So when she turned her head, Mandy kind of, look yeah. at this girl. <laughs> yeah. Watch out, I'll look at yeah. your desk. Can you turn away? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I went in for my first interview. They hired me on the spot. I worked there for um, right at 12 months, and I got a call from my best friend to this day. She um, was interning at Roxy, and she called me and said, hey, um, Quicksilver is hiring a swim assistant designer. You should apply. And So uh, did you already graduate from yeah, okay. and I was done with school. I had done 12 months at OP, but I was, at OP I was doing kids. And um, knew that that wasn't my passion. Like kids uh, cut and sew, or yes. just everything. Like cut and sew, a lot of t-shirts. Yeah. Um, but. But just shorts. understanding the inner workings of. You yeah. Know. Yep. Learning how to do a tech pack. Yeah. Learning how to um, do art placement, send it to the factory. So. Production, learning the whole inner workings of. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? Huge learning experience. I mean, twelve months taught me a lot. It's where I initially met Dick Baker. Um, that guy was awesome. Yeah, a lot of lot of key players at OP. It was um, pretty eye opening. Um, so then I went to interview with Leslie Tobia, who ended up For being Roxy. my longtime mentor. I went to Roxy interview. She hired me on the spot, and I of went course on. they did. I don't know. I guess I <laughs> just what, told what, them I need a job. What year was Roxy, and what year was this? This like? was the late nineties. Okay, so, so Roxy's been around a few years. They've been around a few years, but really hadn't gotten going in fashion you yeah. know it was just t-shirts and board shorts for girls mm -hmm. and um man i landed there at the right time it was it was a wild wild ride for six years we grew that brand we it was so much fun um i learned under the best leslie tobia um i actually have an interview with her daughter at z supply next week oh, and funny. i was Full at circle her, i was Full at her circle. i was at her uh, baby shower and used to babysit her but Anyways, um, I went and worked for her and learned everything there is to know about swim. I mean, everything. And this is back when we were doing production in LA before anyone did overseas production for swim. Crazy. And um, Bring it back. Yeah. And we did textiles and we did all of our printing in LA. Um, so it was, it was a huge learning, very, very hands-on, much more than in design is today. Yeah. Um, and then Billabong called and said, hey, we want to start swim in the U.S. They did not have any swim out of the U.S. They were just importing from Australia. And um, at the time, Billabong Women's was, again, mostly board shorts and t-shirts. They had not figured out yet how to keep up with Roxy. Mm -hmm. And um, they knew that they wanted to do something more, but right at that point, it was mostly men's. They had just finished the Hurley-Billabong split. And uh, Billabong was starting fresh again under Paul Nade, and um, they were wanting to get more into women's, and they needed someone to come in and, um, and really focus on swim. So um, Steve Wilson at the time was the VP of Billabong, and he hired me to come in, start swim from the ground up, find the factories, hire the sewers. So you sewers, were the, the, the point, point person yeah. that had swim. Yeah. So head of that department. 
swim designer was my title, and um, but got to come in and set up from the ground, hire a merchandiser, um, powder makers. We had sewers. Big pay raise? Um, a little, yeah. I was probably making seventy grand, you know. Yeah. Because um, that's kind so, of yeah. kind of cool to talk about, not to brag about, not to dig in yeah. the finances, but it's you know you, you like you said you came out here with no money, no yep. support from your parents. Yeah. And then you you get you're working three jobs yep and then you know because you're not making crap right no i, I mean you're making minimum wage four dollars and 25 cents i think yeah. it was like minimum wage back then and then you get that, <laughs> that's crazy you know assistant mm -hmm. designer op you know you're probably making nothing i think i was making 21 grand yeah. a year yeah at op and then when i went to quicksilver i remember Thinking thirty was a huge jump. You know? Which jump? And it was. Which, which it is. But, if you take yeah. nine, you know that's yeah. a twenty. That's over twenty. You know. And incrementally, yeah. Yeah. Yes, you know, incrementally, your steps were huge, right? The step ups were huge, but in a short amount of time. Yes. Right, yeah. which is pretty sick to yeah. kind of reflect on. Yeah. You know, from from being minimum wage to making twenty one grand to making thirty grand to making seventy grand. Yeah. Like but that is yeah. phenomenal. That is it phenomenal, is, but it but it's also learning, you know, at the ground zero, yeah. being an assistant and, and you know, you, you, you can't just go hop in one of those jobs without having that experience. No. You know? And it's those no paying jobs having to do every aspect of that job. Every single every aspect. department to get you to money's not everything no. but it's it's sometimes you're like oh sh you know shoot like i need to you know start yeah. making more money and yeah. you know you, you're you had huge uh uh student loans probably right yeah, yeah. and but the the cool thing too about it money aside is like you're like stepping up in the industry yeah. like you're tight you have title yeah like, you know like and you're being headhunted by people yeah, and Which coming into really, Billabong, it was, you know, a very male-centric um, industry and it's also a male-centric brand. And so coming in there and feeling like I had a place and I knew something that the rest of the team did not at the time. You know, no one knew about swim. No yeah. one knew how to do it. And I had really learned for the last six years, and again, under someone who had been doing it for many, many years and was amazing, I really learned every single facet. Like, I knew how to do it from the ground up. So coming in and having that opportunity to to really show what I had learned and really um, make an impact on a global brand yeah. and um, and really start it from nothing because Billabong Women's was doing like I mean, even with all their categories at the time which was very little was doing very little yeah yeah um, so I came in and um, started doing it uh, domestic and then all of a sudden it became oh wait we got to move to China and it was happening faster than I could keep up with and all of a sudden I'm on a plane to China and I'm trying to figure out factories and I did and we figured out factories and we figured out how, how to... How old were you? I was... Um, Early 20s? Mid 20s. Mid 20s? Mid 20s. Yeah. Yep. And Being a highfalutin jet set. Executive. A lot of responsibility and for someone like a you know Steve Wilson to have that vision and that and, and Paul Nyday to have that trust that I could I could figure it out and yeah. I could do it and they put me on a plane by myself. No one went with me to China several times. So <laughs> hey, who's picking me up and where am I going and where? Yeah. What, what do I do with the money? You just yeah. They're like you figure it out and and, yeah. I, and that I did and so for three years built up the swim business um, and then 
Kathy Pack at the time, um, she was the design director and she really wanted to have children, so she was retiring. And Paul Nade called me upstairs and said, I want you to be the women's design director, all categories. And I looked at him and I said, there's no way. I do swim, that's my specialty. I have no idea about apparel. I have no idea about accessories, snow, footwear, I, I, wetsuits. I mean, we'd started doing it all at that stage at three years and into you, it. He was up trying to appoint you to do everything. Yeah. And yeah. you were saying no. I was like, I, I, I just can't, I can't, I can't imagine doing this. I, <laughs> I swim is my niche and yeah. I loved having a niche. I yeah. loved having something that was really specialized in. And he's like, no, I, I know you, you can do it. I just watched you for three years with your head down. I didn't even, when I came to Billabong, I didn't even know how to use Illustrator. And all of a sudden we were doing packages, like I said, in China. And all of a sudden it wasn't hand sketching anymore. You had to, you had to do them in the computer and do Illustrator and Photoshop. So I, I sat there till 10 o'clock every night. The security would kick me out at 10 o'clock for three years and just taught myself how to use Illustrator and Photoshop. <laughs> what, was Swim like a, a four season category? Or because it was Swim, it was, was it two or three seasons? It started out as two. Two seasons. Uh-huh, spring and summer. And then all of a sudden we decided we could do a cruise category. Yeah, or like a, a delivery resort. resort. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it became three and then became four. And then all of a sudden we're, you know, not every single month we'll, were we delivering, but at least nine months. But, but when you're making that jump to all categories, yeah. which is oh mostly four, you know, four, you know, four yeah. seasons like that. Yeah. So it's good. You had yeah. at least yeah. how long did the calendar kind of mind? Um, he didn't even let me go downstairs without saying yes. So he's like, no, you can do this. You, you got this. And, um, yeah, I, I, I appreciate him and I appreciate his vision for seeing something in me that I didn't see in myself. Look, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Look, Mandy. Yeah, you got this. I've seen you grow. <laughs> and I know you've got it in you. That's so. a great point. <laughs> Good work. Uh, so, yeah, I went on to do that for many years, um, well over a decade. And Billabong, it was a wild ride. It was a ton of fun. Um, so, did you get another pay raise? Oh, yeah, sure did. Hell, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, you did. That's how you do it, right? How many categories are there? Okay, that's one, two, three zeros. <laughs> I don't even remember what it was, but I remember thinking, I, this is, is going to be but a bes- long you know, ride. Besides that, you're, you're maturing with with an industry that is relatively like non-existent yeah. you know and then you start your career and what rocks you went to i mean it didn't take them too long to where it was surpassing like quicksilver numbers. yes you know yep. and then bill business was and like you said within this. three years yeah. you're outgrowing like anything domestic mm-hmm. and you're having to go overseas and you start adding all these categories it must have been just i mean well, I think like, like like our net back sunglasses, women's brands for for the for the surf brands. Yeah. All of a sudden, they became an it became a category. Yeah, huge. And it was Roxy and Billabong that were fighting it out most of the time, you know. And then yeah. other people coming in in smaller levels. And I mean, and I'm competitive, so yeah. when I saw an opportunity, oh I'm really? Like, yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> Can um, tell. <laughs> I don't take no for an answer. <laughs> um, so when I saw an opportunity to compete next to men's, I mean, Rob McCarty, poor guy, I was just like right in there. Beat I'm the like, let's, let's do this. Let's go head to head. Let's sell some board shorts, bikinis. Oh, yeah, we're going to do you, dresses. Oh, you guys, oh, <laughs> a board shorts, t-shirts, a flannel, and yeah. a fleece. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. Wow. Check out the girls' line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now we're doing dresses, and dresses put Rob did a on. great job with that. Oh, he's amazing. Well. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. He is amazing. But it was it was fun to have 
a little, you know, push and competition. It's healthy. And um, all of a sudden, Billabong was on the map in a big way for women's. Yeah. Uh, we were super strong in swim, probably even stronger in dresses. And all of a sudden, surf shops were buying way more than t-shirts and, and shorts uh, from a surf brand. Yeah. And it was, it was huge. It was a big change in the industry. Um, Roxy was was seeing what we were doing, and they were trying to figure out, you know, how, what they could do to compete. Same with O'Neill and Rip Curl, and we grew that business um, bigger than I think anyone in the in the uh, internal teams ever thought that that business could be. And um, all of a sudden, we were do. I had all my designers and design meetings, and all of a sudden, we were designing fur coats and designing things that you would never expect out of a brand. So, Gosh. and we were finding ways to make it make sense and ways to place it. And we were finding ways to shoot it where it made sense to see a women's more surf-centric brand um, sell these type of items. We, we started something called Designer's Closet um, to, to showcase like more fashion. And it was a nice, easy way for people to understand, you know, more fashion pieces in a, in a brand like that. Um, so we had a ton of fun and uh, we grew that for, like I said, um, I was alongside Candy Harris. Um, she was in marketing and we just locked arms. We had um, a really, really fun time. We had some, you know, growing in that industry and riding that wave. I don't, I wish everyone could experience that. Yeah. I, I think you only get to a few times in your, in your life if you hit it with the right brand and it's, it was an amazing ride. It's crazy to think of how your trajectory was really quick and how your experience like catapulted in so many different levels and like you're you're obviously a strong woman right and and it's crazy because you know you you were an assistant designer to head of design yeah and think about like you were being managed at one point in time right yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're managing yeah, like 20, 30 teams. women. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a couple men. Couple, I did hire a couple men, what, but yeah. What how crazy it? is that? Yeah. Like, whoa. Like no, you one, were, you know, like, no one gave me a rule book. No, yeah, one, yeah. no one sent me to management classes. So this is stuff you learn on the job. Yeah. But, like, it's as, so awesome to hear that. You but, know, you know we, we grew up at, at HSS and surf shops, yeah. and, and, and you know, business owners are always looking how to like divvy up their pie and where to invest. And, you know, here's women's tucked in the shop in a, in a corner. And yeah. as the industry is going, like, are you having meetings with all the bigs of Absolutely. all the brands? Like, okay, hey, you know, we want to do this section. You know, we want to bring in and support. Like, it had to have been like just crazy conversations with retailers like we need more we yeah. you know yeah. so you probably have really good support from yeah. the retailers coming in like and a lot of oh, my we want you to make us more money yeah, yeah, yeah please yeah. yeah can you grow this and can yeah. you have more colors of this and, and and you know that side of the business where these you know we've seen yeah. the changes within retail yeah. of like really you know hard goods what you know makes it core and drive the business but it's a lot, a lot of margin you know and then yeah. women's and you know like footwear blew up and yeah. you know women's blew up and now like the pie inside the shops like ever changing but yeah. I, think, I think also when I saw that happening is that, that Billabong was very good at making sure the stores had nice build outs and, and point of purchase it, materials and, and they, they were like alright they weren't like no we aren't going to do that Like so it was yeah. good to get that support at Billabong as well to get all those build outs absolutely yeah. yeah as a merch story as a you know identify the brand and set yourselves apart from yeah. from the other labels and stuff yeah it was a battle of you know space and it still is you know yeah. it so, hasn't changed so after billabong you were there for a number of years yeah over a decade at the end i was um 
really involved with global, so I was traveling to all the other global um, headquarters throughout the world. And, so um, did you become global? Yeah, I mean, brand director. Yeah, because Billabong Golly. US was was leading. There's the a lot charge. of zeros after that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Billabong USA was leading the charge, so all the other all the other um, areas in the world were following suit to what we were doing. So and they all had different needs and different yeah. like you know. Yeah, and that's when I got my crash course and what it means to have a global calendar, which yeah. to this day is one of the hardest things I think for any brand to try to keep up with but um, yeah so Billabong was going through their change and and being bought and I saw the white space so clearly in the industry um, for a brand that could catapult beyond just surf stores not just surf stores because those are my absolute favorites but go also into boutiques um, Billabong it was difficult for us to get into boutiques because when boutiques would see us, they'd say, we love what you're doing. We love your story, but you're, you're, but you're a surf shop. I mean, you're a surf brand yeah. and your men's mostly focused. You know, that's what was in their mind. So I saw white space for us to create a beach culture lifestyle brand that also could sit at boutiques. And that's when um, I left Billabong to start a new society. But I had a stint. Jason Steras called me from Volcom and said, hey, you know, we... We'd like to do something different for our women's brand. And I told him, you know, I wanted to really start a brand, but I needed a little bit more time before starting a Muse. And he's like, well, can you give me some time? So you I went in there and- uh, Like full time? I kind of remember, but like, not full remember. time, yeah. yeah. I went in as a VP of women's and- um, After had, Billabong. After Billabong. Okay. And he's like, he gave me KPIs. And I, I was really excited about the opportunity because they were owned by Caring. And I had the opportunity to go to Europe and go to the caring fashion shows and sit behind Anna Wintour. And um, I had meetings with the caring um, CEO, founder, and all his, his entourage. Wow. I had him at his office in Europe and I had him at the Volcom offices in Costa Mesa. And to me, that was a game changer. And that was um, really, really fun and different than anything I had experienced. But I also... Because that's like the high fashion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they own Gucci. So I was like, hmm, let's, <laughs> let's check this out. Yeah. What kind um, of sourcing do you have? Yeah. What kind of factories you're working with? So yeah. Can I get a bag? What's the cost? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I also love Jason Steris and I, I wanted uh, a chance to work with him and loved, you know, what they had done with Volcom over the years. So... I went in, he gave me a set, you know, list of KPIs and I just went for it. Um, he wanted to, you know, elevate, look, feel, teams, factories, product. So I just went in, brought my team, a lot of the same girls that I had had on my team for a long time at um, Billabong, they came with me to Volcom. I think I, you know, set them up for a great, in a great position, put a great team in place. Um, Could you explain what KPIs are? <laughs> a list of a list of goals, what they want you to accomplish. What is performance right. indicators? Okay. Yep. Just for the <laughs> listeners. The you know? performance <laughs> indicators. That's how you track your employees. You give them some KPIs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I felt like I had done what I had came to do, and I felt like I set them up with a really good team, and it was time to start a Muse. And so um, I partnered with Paul Nade, who he had started Visla. And um, he had a house in my neighborhood, and I literally knocked on his door, and I said, I want to start a women's brand. He said, well, I do too. And I said, well, we can either compete against each other, or we can do this together. And wow. so we, we did it together, and um, it was a great run. I, it was a, a lot of fun building something from the ground up. 
I honestly can't wait to do it again. And um, it was building was building was the best part of it. Was yeah. was was not a focus like this was just going to be men's or was he thinking of doing Visla women's or like? Yeah, how, I think he knew he wanted to do women's. You know, um, after the experience with Billabong women's, I think yeah. that he knew it's he wanted to do women's in some form. So this was a way of doing it. So he partnered with Summer Rap um, and I, um, and she helped me launch it for the first year um, and then she went on to do Add Black with her husband and I continued on with Amuse um, and yeah it was it was yeah, great. Yeah you guys came out of the gate swinging too. Yeah. I yeah. mean you pretty much had everything on lock. Yeah. And uh, I remember the the first like graphic Beach Vita bling. Yeah. Right? Wow. Yeah. Ooh, memory <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I was like wow. Yeah. These girls are taking over the the women's industry. Yeah. Like I was just like you know, Summer Rap yep. and and Mandy Fry yep. are like the biggest divas <laughs> in <laughs> women's you know, fashion. I'm just like, oh, like those guys are What was like the, the incubation period? Because I obviously you, you, you plan this you know, for a I while think, in the thought process at Billabong, and then you went to Volcom, and you know this to put you know a concept on the paper and actually you know develop samples in a line, and you know like that's, that's yeah. So the idea it doesn't, um, but it's it's interesting when people ask me that because I think there's a difference. We I had the idea when I was at Billabong, you know went went to do Volcom and just kept thinking about it but not focusing on it. Left Volcom. And it was December of 2013, and it was like, let's put a brand deck together, and let's open our doors in January. And I think that's a... Did you come up with the name, too? Uh, we sat at the Vine, Summer and I, we sat at the Vine restaurant in San Clemente in a booth, and we just sat there and wrote out names. We actually had two names that we were going after. Um, Amuse obviously ended up being the one to win. and. Um, we just, I don't know, we just brainstormed names and it came right there from having dinner. But there's something about not overthinking it yeah. and not spending years building decks and psyching yourself out and thinking about all the reasons why it could or couldn't work. And um, That's I like know catching a wave here at uh, Surf Ranch. Yeah. Overthink it. Just don't overthink it. You can't psych yourself out. Which pretty easy to do. Yeah. It's pretty easy to do. Just freaking <laughs> out. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Just don't listen. Don't listen. Anybody go with the gut feeling. Don't listen to anybody and just CT3, 30 seconds. <laughs> so, so you guys had that for a while. Yeah. So, um, yeah, about five years. And um, 2018, I looked at, here's Miss Jagger right here. I looked at Jagger and Cruz, um, our two kids. And uh, I just said, I, I, I need more time. They, they went from newborns to however old they were then in 2018, can't do the math, um, really quickly. And I was traveling a ton with Amuse, you know, we were doing trade shows all over the country. We were already international, so I was traveling internationally. And um, we definitely had some good family trips in there as well and tried to keep a balance. But having a full-time nanny who was there 50 hours a week, it just wasn't sustainable after. It, it actually had been eight years of having a nanny, so yeah. Big, Big C, is this when you stepped in to be a stay-home dad? Yeah. <laughs> I can handle this. I keep trying to sell that to I'm my really wife. Good at this. <laughs> I'm off. Babe, I'd be the best stay-home dad ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> Kurt is. Kurt is amazing. 
So yes, <laughs> Thank in all, you, honey. In all, in all, yeah. Just for clarity, he um, he left Von Zipper when I started Amuse to give me space to start, and then um, we after we knew it was going to work, he went back to work a year later, and we hired our nanny back, and we had a nanny for the rest of my time at Amuse, and then that was when I just was like, I need, I need to just I need to be a mom. I need yeah, and focus on Cruise and Jagger. So 2018, one of the best years of my life. I got to really focus in on them, be a part of their life, top to bottom. Didn't have a nanny. Kurt was working, and I, for the first time in my life since I was 14, didn't have a job. And literally <laughs> could figure out, I, I, I now I understand the feeling of going on vacation and not having a thousand emails and people calling you when you're in the middle of an island called Tabarua and people still be able to find you, you know? Like I was able to travel the world with my family and not feel the pressure of other people needing me. How long were you off? <laughs> a little less than 12 months. Oh my gosh. And, um, it was you make it sound like you took a, a, a whole year yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Huh? All like, those had 50 days. Like a year. Because what was happening is I was finding play dates and I was finding babysitters because I was going and having meetings. I was like, hey, Neil at Billabong, Neil Fisk, the new CEO, hey, you want to have a meeting? Hey. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, uh, I was just calling up everybody and we were having meetings and chatting and I was really exploring what my next step, my next chapter was, even when I was telling myself and my family that I was going to be. Couldn't you, mom, were, you, were, you, were you pondering like, I could just freelance and still have this stay home, like part-time job and work or no, you're like, I gotta be all in. I'm all in. Yeah. It's hard for me to freelance. It's hard for me to just have my toe in something. So I was really looking for what I could really sink my teeth into. So, um, some people just have that drive and calling. Right? Yeah. You really I mean, do. You can make the most exerted effort to, to change your life, but yeah. why fight it? But yeah. with all that accomplishments and what the success you've had, you probably got, you know, so many people are like, you need to get back in the game too. You got to come and yeah. help us. So, you know, well, I yeah. think at that time, a lot of people think, what do you, everyone keeps asking, what are you doing next? Yeah. What are you doing next? What are you doing next? So it kind of puts that pressure on you. All right. Yeah. I want to do something. You're trying to figure it out. And it's I, like that. Yeah. I don't know if I had a brain fart, but when you decided to sell to Nadi, how, what what were the factors or, uh, that you wanted to be a mom again? Is that, is that what it was? Yeah, it was really that I, you find yourself in not feeling totally fulfilled and you you find yourself not. Say what? 10 minutes, we're doing a group shot. Okay. <laughs> Don't interrupt us, bro. <laughs> Kelly Sorensen from On the Beach, thank you for hosting. Days of Stoke. We got Days, Days of, of Stoke and a photo he shoot. Need, he needs minutes. our photo. <clears throat> so um, yeah, I just wasn't I wasn't being fulfilled and, and nothing, you know, one certain thing. I just um, I was really unsettled and not in my groove and um, I, I knew I needed a, a change and so I, was it a lucrative did you get bought out? Um, yeah, okay. I got bought out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And, good, um, good it, compensation. It was a, it was an opportunity for me to be able to enough for me to be able to step back and, and think clearly and without having nice. to make rash decisions based on financial or change needs. or change lifestyle. Right? Yeah. 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 So I just, it allowed me to step back and take a breath and see what I needed to, or what I should do next. And again, the whole time thinking I was just going to 
um, end up staying home and, and probably home. retire. And I would say that out loud and people would laugh at me like that is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. And I'm like, why doesn't anyone take me seriously when I say this? Um, but my, one of my first phone calls, actually it was the day after my last day at Amuse, um, was Greg Garrett from Z Supply. And, he, and I'm like, how the heck did you already even know I left Amuse? And he's like... And what was your connection to him before? We have a friend in common. Okay. Um, Angie Broberg. And, um, and this is a day before the, the your day last day at Amuse? No, the day after. The day after. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I was unloading the dishwasher and my phone rang. And... Uh, Free agent. Free agent. <laughs> um, are you... Do you want to meet? Yep. And he's like, I'd, I'd love for you to come in and you know, see what we're all about. So it was awesome because we spent six months just getting to know each other. Um, I th then I spent another six months um, consulting, getting to look under the hood per se and really find out if this was a partnership I wanted to get into. And that was the, the right offer is like, I want you as a partner. And, yeah, that was, know. yep. That was the, um, that was the goal. That was the conversations. And that, and he was also saying, I want you to lead Z Supply because I want to move to Carmel, which he has now and um, semi-retire, you know, yeah. um, and go enjoy life with his wife up there. And um, so Kurt and Cruz and I and Jagger, we actually drove up to Carmel and Kurt and the kids got to interview Greg as well. That was an interesting, we hadn't done that before. Um, but Kurt was like, hey, I, I think this is a great opportunity. Again, going back to the conversation in the beginning, Kurt always has a really clear understanding of brands that have potential. She has probably her name if she heard you and, uh, So, yeah. so <laughs> explain to us and, and our listeners what Z Supply is. Yeah, so Z Supply was founded by um, two guys, Greg Garrett and John Zhao, and they started it around 2013. And they started it as a basics essential brand. All knits, mostly t-shirts and tanks, um, then went into fleece. Um, just women's, right? Just women's, they, dab they dabbled in men's for a minute, but yeah, just women's. Um, and like he, a, like an elevated American apparel or like a James Purse, like something like, yeah, like exactly. a premium basics. Yep. Selling Look at Larson. Larson. He said James Purse. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, we knew. Oh he threw that right out there. Look at me. Yeah. 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 Hey, I got a couple of shirts. No, I'm just kidding. I can't afford that stuff. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. The, and you know, um, boutique price point selling only to boutiques. Um, not to any big box retailers and um, had a really, really good business going. And so when I joined full-time July of 2019, we, we were experiencing really strong growth at that time and then hit end of 2019, exponential growth, early 2020, continued growth. And I don't take it lightly or say it lightly, but 2020, we just happened to be a brand that it catapulted us into the next level, um, COVID did. Um, and because it was cozy, yeah. I think like, we had a pr right product for the right time. Work at home we kind of great on a Zoom call, works great <laughs> on a Zoom call. <laughs> Put your green screen in the back, like, where am I at today? Yeah, so how it took you Six less months. than a year to take your hiatus, yeah. Your retirement lasted yeah. less, less than, than a year, year. and and you, you, uh. Yeah. Kurt, you're done. Yeah, hey, I got a heat. I got to go. He's got to start. Your CT three thirty seconds hey. in any minute. Now. Hey. Then we're gonna do a recap on how you how you did out there and we'll rewatch all your your okay. ways. All right, no Thank pressure. Guys. No all pressure. Guys. Thank you. All right. So so took you less than a year, and 
you guys interviewed him in Carmel and you you said, okay, I'm going to do this. And yeah. You, you became partners with this. this yeah, with guys. Greg and John. Yeah. And then you're running A to Z pretty much for the yeah, most majority. Yeah, A to Z. Yeah. Um, John, uh, he oversees production and factories. Um, uh, we have really strong factory relationships. Um, and so he runs that side of the business. And Greg, he's um, high level, which I love. He's he's high level where he's able to see things and point out things sometimes before I even see him because I'm really on the ground floor, really yeah. getting my hands dirty. Um, he lives in Carmel. He oversees you know, financials and um, sales. Which I think every but, business needs to have a, a brain like that to yeah. Yeah. Know, manage yeah. numbers and, and you know revenue. And yeah, from a really high level. And then um, Ann Fong and myself, we run all of that on the, for the day-to-day. So she's um, our CFO, COO that I hired in January of 2020. And she's amazing. She's, she's a game changer. Yeah. Um, so her, t- her and I together... Um, you know, we partner on the day to days. We have our, we both have our lanes, and we have a mutual respect for each other. So we're able to really um, coexist yeah. beside each other. And, yeah. Yeah. And where is the headquarters for Z Supply? Yeah. So it w- it was in Costa Mesa by the airport, um, and then when they hired me, they said let's let's find a building and let's have you remodel it. So we found a building owned by Sigurdsson, uh, South Coast Plaza family. It's right behind Vans. Uh, we gutted it, and f- I got to fully remodel it top to bottom. We moved in the end of January 2020 into a 30,000 square foot building. It's beautiful, and um, it's it's great because we've been able to use. We I built a photo studio there, so we've been able to use it for all of our photo shoots throughout yep. COVID, not having to rent anywhere. Um, our design team has ton- tons of space because they're really the ones using the building. Um, but yeah, it's a and are beautiful you sh- building. shipping out of there as well? Uh, no, our warehouse is in LA. Okay. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, it, the building sitting there ready for us when we when we go back full time, which we will um, in the fall. Wow. Yeah. And you guys are over a hundred million dollar company. It's going well. <laughs> it's going really well. Yeah. It's going well. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, a couple of things. Again, we were already growing uh, pre-COVID. A um, lot of great things working for Z Supply and, and its growth. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. Oh, okay. Photo shoot. Photo shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in this beautiful 30,000 square foot building now, and it's you know, yeah. you're, you're going to be going back uh, this fall as full time with, with everybody. Yeah, we'll bring everybody back. We're going to do a little bit of a hybrid um, depending on the department, depending on the needs of um, how many days they need to be there. But I do believe that it's the, you know, it's officially changed. I don't I'm not going to say forever, but I think that our employees um, are going to appreciate a hybrid program and definitely the new talent. Every I'm I'm hiring for eleven positions right now, and everyone that I'm interviewing is saying I won't work in an office. So yeah. um, and it's working, and um, I'm I've become pretty savvy at managing a lot of people um, over Google Hangouts and seeing each other when we need to. So yeah. we're going to continue it. Well, happy happy employees, you know, pr- you know, produce, you yeah. know, and and being being able to you know not be confined to an office or a cubicle or whatever, yes. and being able to to go outside and, and draw inspiration and stuff and Absolutely. and be able to juggle family and life is so beneficial. You know? Yeah. Yep. And keeping them happy is my most important 
it's my, it's my focus because it's really hard to get good talent. Yeah. Really hard. So how, how did you and uh, Big C connect? Okay, so I had just got my promotion at Billabong. To be the global. Um, yep, I had just turned 30. Um, prior to that, there was a lot of changes in my life and um, I pretty much had a, a blank slate. Um, not to go into any detail, but I was like ready to, to find somebody and uh, didn't even think it was possible. I really just felt like I was gonna be single till I was 80. Just career woman focus, yeah. no time, no, no, no Prince Charming has swept yeah. off your feet yeah. yet. Exactly. Um, so I threw a party at Candy and Enoch Harris's house in Laguna. Awesome. I was celebrating my one year of being single. I invited about 50 friends. Um, and Kurt was down here for a DVS um, Lakai Maddox sales meeting. Yeah. And um, he called up Enoch and said, hey, should I go back to Santa Cruz or should I um, turn right on the 405 and head to Laguna? He's like, yeah, come down here. Our friend Manny's throwing a party at our house tonight. Should be fun. Come check never, it out. Never met him. Never met him. And um, I had, was carrying in a ton of groceries because I was doing like a whole Mexican spread. And uh, Kurt comes around the corner, grabs all the groceries, takes them all from me, cooks the most amazing meal for all these people he doesn't know. And, um, Dang. He's a really good cook, I was telling you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's where we met. We met that night. And the next day I figured, you know, he went back to Santa Cruz. We'd never see each other again. And he called in the afternoon. Did you guys make out that night? No. <laughs> we danced. We danced. But they have a tree house. We danced yeah. in their tree house. So, so hold on. So he took the groceries out of your hand. So Did he know that like, hey, you I'm and your seen. partner? At that point, you introduce uh, each other. Uh, yeah. So I, you're like, hey, it's Mandy. This is my place. I'm Big C. Yeah. yeah. You know, what? What? Cook some some food for yeah. the party. And at that moment, I just needed help. I wasn't even thinking about who he was or what was going on. And so we ended up having a really fun night with everybody. We played poker. We danced. Um, and the next day, I thought, you know, he'd gone back to Santa Cruz. But he, I was doing my single girl things, going to Trader Joe's, get my nails done. He calls and says, I want to take you out and uh, let's go out tonight. So, um, I was so hold like, on, hold on. You're, the party that you threw, was it a, uh, you celebrating your, your one year, year anniversary being, of being single? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and everyone knew that. No, yeah. And nobody thought I could make it a year. Um, but it was actually really hard to find a boyfriend, so I did make it a year. <laughs> and, and you guys had a lot of mutual friends at the party, or he just knew? No, he just, he just knew Candy and Enoch. Okay. Yeah, he didn't know anybody else. And uh, he fit right in and was, of course, the life of the party. And uh, my friends loved him. And so we went out the next night, Sunday night, took me so to... So how did, he, did did somebody tell you that they gave him your number? Oh, uh, Candy. So she, <laughs> it, she, uh, she was, uh, this was pre-kids. And she likes her, she, at that time in her life, she liked her TV and she liked her cereal. And she was sitting on the couch all Sunday morning eating cereal and watching TV. And Kurt kept asking for my number. And she's like, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. He's all, no, no. Finally, at like 2 o'clock, she, she gave him my number and he called me. And I was, I was caught off guard, you know. I was like, oh, wow. Stayed down from Santa Cruz. So, anyways, took me out to Montage and Taboo for dinner. Suburban, you know, he was like the NorCal rep, so yeah. he had it pulled up in this big, ginormous car. And um, anyways, we uh, we had a great night. And then that Tuesday, he called me and said, "I bought you a plane ticket to Santa Cruz. You can't say no. I already booked it. It's done." 
So you're flying to Santa Cruz on Friday. Wow. And at that stage in my life, I, I was pretty much thought he was up to no good. So I was like giving all my friends my, you know, making sure they had his phone number and where I'm ready to be. Yeah. Okay. So check on missing. <laughs> Something might happen here, but no, Candy and Enoch vouched for him. So anyways, we dated for two years. We flew back and forth. Um, I would leave Billabong Friday afternoons, fly to Santa Cruz, come home Monday morning, go straight to work from John Wayne airport. We did it for two years. We would meet at, in different places, had a lot of fun. Cool. Um, saw a lot of the world at that stage, and um, and then Von Zipper. Well, Billabong owned Von Zipper, and he was um, repping that brand as well. So Paul Nade called him up and said, "Hey, Mandy's leaving here every Friday, coming back every Monday. Why don't you just move to Southern California, come internal, run Von Zipper, um, and let's just get this done." So I remember standing in my my kitchen. Wait, Paul Nade <laughs> called. Him, him and Mark Tinkus. And yeah. said, hey, we need you down here. It was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, let's just get this yeah. done. Just move down here. And I remember I just bought my first house in San Clemente. Actually, Leslie Tobia's house, my first mentor. Wow. Um, I bought her house in San Clemente. Cypress Shores? Nope. Um, above the high school on okay. Salvador. And um, I remember standing in my kitchen. He's on the phone. I, I think it was Mark Tinkus at that time. And I was just like, no, don't do it. Do not go in-house. You're going to hate it. And, he, and for him, he'd been a rep for 20 years. And he's yeah. like, in-house? That sounds kind of cool. Yeah. And I'm like, no, don't do it. Um, but he was like, you're just getting started in your career. You can't move to Santa Cruz. You know, I'll, I'll move down here and let's just see where this takes us. Yeah. So he moved down. He was with Von Zipper, Von Zipper in-house for eight years. And we got married uh, right away when he moved down. We had two kids. We you know, traveled all over the world together a lot because... He was also with Billabong, and so we were going to similar places and had a lot of fun. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And now he's Mr. Stay-at-home mom. Yeah. And now I tell you, he is uh, hes a game changer because when I stayed at home, I was so worried about what my next chapter was or what I was going to do, and I was building decks and having meetings, like I mentioned, yeah. and I couldn't be the fun mom. I just couldn't figure it out. I was more about, what do we have to do today? Let's get this done. And um and you know, had to keep reminding myself to have some fun and to yeah. chill out and just go to the beach with the kids. And it's not that I I don't love that. It's yeah, just you're really just busy. You want to stay hard focused. For me to, yeah. yeah. You got ADD. You 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 need to to be industrious yes. and freaking. You know, I need to have a project yeah. at all times. And when Kurt stays home, I mean, he is just fun, Dad. It is yeah. it's amazing. But he also has this special talent to get all the grocery shopping done, get all the laundry done. The house is spick and span. He makes the most amazing meals. I have no idea how he does it. it. He's one of a kind as far as being able to have a ton of fun, surf with the kids throughout the day, make sure he's going to the beach and the skate park, seeing friends, play dates, but then have the house, the food, the dinner styled. I have no idea how he does it. You whipped him into shape. I don't know. I don't think it's me. <laughs> and he probably does he same, he probably says the same thing about you. Yeah, I don't know how you, you know, are oh, able man. to juggle and stay focused and get all the stuff. You know, yeah, we have our different we have our different strengths. Yeah. yeah. And I do think it helped that he was a bachelor for many years, so yeah. Um, that that uh, that makes a big difference. Timing is everything. It's so funny yeah. how you guys you know, you were celebrating a a year with no boyfriend, yeah. and here's <laughs> he this guy in pops into your life that you know. To the day, April fourth, 
to the day. Crazy. Yep, he popped in on the, yeah. So it's weird how life happens. I have a lot of young um, employees and have had a lot of young employees over the years and they always, you know, talk to me about guys and it's so hard to, you know, find him and when do you know he's the right guy? I'm like, oh girl, you just know. <laughs> he walks in and takes your groceries and you don't even think about it, you know, he just you just know. and. When you meet that person, you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, let's end it on that. Yes. Woo! Way too yeah cool and positive, but a, a little recap on Big C, Kurt Fry, uh, industry freaking veteran yeah. from startup brands like Arnett all the way to DVS and Von Zipper, and then Mandy, who I mean, your story is. I'm fucking so stoked that you yeah. got to yeah. and, and experience, and that, right? you know, learn your experiences because like, oh my gosh. Yeah. The people don't, you know, and especially I was kind of getting choked up when you were saying, oh, but yeah. in our, you know, you. male driven sport and society and stuff to, to, to showcase like how important, you know, the women's role is in growing that business. And, yeah. you know, there's not too many women that have had the, you know, success in the, you know, the... Bro. The, the 18 years old. Yeah. You well, tell your parents you're driving from Kentucky to go to FDI. FD, yep, yeah, FDI. And <laughs> they said, we're not going to fucking support you. No. And I mean, how scary and how defeated and like, you know, like, whoa, how am I going to do this? Yeah. And you drove you across country you by yourself it. in your Honda, 18 years old. You work three fucking jobs, yep. you go to school, <laughs> you graduate, and you, you that lady that, uh, the wet seal by, uh, CEO, yep. you saw what she was doing, you're like, oh, maybe that's something I can do. Yeah. And then you graduate from FITM, and then boom, you, you ask the girl, where were you at from FITM, yep. right? To see if she can help you get a job, and you look just over and you job. see just one full time job. <laughs> yeah, and then you know making minimum wage, three different jobs, and then taking the bull by the horns yep. and seeing an opening for OP. You quickly learn a lot of stuff there, Roxy, yep. then Billabong, and then the trajectory of everything from there to Amuse yep. to now Z Supply. It's like. You're fucking. You're gnarly. Everyone wants to be president, but I don't think a lot of people understand that it takes, you know, it takes years. I mean, yeah. I, I know that there are certain situations where, you know, with a lot of the influencers, a lot of direct to consumer brands where it, it happens a lot quicker. I understand that. But for yeah. the most of us, it takes really, really long hard years of your yeah. I mean getting your hands dirty and really learning the ropes and you don't just get to be president and when you get to be president it's you know it's not everything everyone chalks it up to be because yeah. you're still you're still grinding yeah it's yeah and you get to kick back yeah like you, no. you've made it but now you're responsible be for careful what way, you ask for right? yeah, yeah way more people and way now more you're responsible for people's lives their livelihood yeah. You know, and a lot of my employees are moms and, and breadwinners and they have children and, and, I, and I don't take that lightly. I mean, the, the decisions I make will greatly affect, you know, their livelihood. So it's, it's a lot but of, how cool a lot of that, pressure. But you know, have a, have a company 
be in your position and help groom the, the, the next generation. Oh, yeah. Look at your son. <laughs> we just watched Cruz get away. Yeah. But, so cool. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like what you, you're able to pass down all that, that knowledge and, and what you would have wanted for yourself as a young, you know, yeah. you know, startup or, you yeah. know, uh, a young, you know, employee. Absolutely. You know, like, look, they're asking you for boyfriend and, you know, guide, guidance, guidance yeah. you know, like yeah. that's crazy, it's but really that's, cool. that's special too. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, congratulations on having such a amazing family and Thank career, yeah. the balance that you, you guys have with, with how you've done it. And, you know, like you said, it's cool. The reward family's rewarding and that's the most important thing. But for us, like when we talk to people like you, entrepreneurs, go-getters, and then, you know, reminding people, it's like you, you work for yourself. Right, but you you work and create for others, yep. and that's like to me that's like one of the best things about owning your own business or starting your own business or running your own business yep. because yeah you're, you're you are making money for yourself but you're making money for fucking you're like providing for, for a lot of people like yeah. surf shops yeah. do you yeah. know and yeah. boutiques do which is. Yeah. The great American dream. That's right. right. Yeah. So. And everyone says, how do you, how do you balance it? And you don't, you, you just do it's it. A juggle. <laughs> it's, you, you don't balance, you juggle. And right now, Jagger wants to go surf with me. So I better go surf. Yes. Z <laughs> supply. Team fry. C, team fry. We got to, we got to give you a, a nickname. A nickname. Mandy. Gosh. I got to think about that. Yeah. Thank you, Maggie. Thank you, Kurt. Big C. Thanks for listening. Peace. WaveKey was created by Brad Gerlach to help improve your surfing. WaveKey is a land-based systematic surf training method. For all surfers, for all levels. Check out wavekey.com. That's W-A-V-E-K-I.com. Wax. The wax that's found under all of the best surfers on the planet. You mean late night? Always under my feet. And Chalky? How do you think I pull those big airs? And layback Lars. And those laybacks. Wait, whoa, 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 we're not doing the 90s again, are we? I don't do those anymore. Fuwax, the best wax in the game. Fuwax. Caliente Southwest Grill. Healthy Mexican food featuring local organic ingredients. They also have great salads, vegetarian and gluten-free options. Wow. Yep. Don't they also cater and make party packs? They do. They have all your needs for all your events. Nice. Visit CalienteSouthwest.com. Or go to the restaurant in Costa Mesa off of 17th Street. Caliente Southwest. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music. 